listeners. Welcome to Beckett's Babies, a podcast where we discuss the joys and frustrations of playwriting. But one part of that process always takes longer than we want, submissions. We all know how time-consuming submitting your work to contests and festivals can be. That's why we're so excited to team up with Play Submissions Helper. When you sign up for Play Submissions Helper, you get immediate access to a master list of playwriting opportunities, and they update the list every month. So you get the most complete, up-to-date information. So if you're ready to share your script, go to playsubmissionshelper.com. Use coupon code BECKETTSBABIES to receive a 90% discount off the first month and start submitting today. Listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We're your hosts, Sam Collier and Sarah Cho, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing dreams. Um, we'll share some <laughs> recent dreams we might have had, maybe come up with play ideas based on our dreams, and just kind of discuss why why some plays use dreams um and what do they invoke and what it is oh dreams it's creepy um <laughs> so <laughs> it's just a fun topic it's just a fun i love this topic i love i i feel like whenever i have a dream the first thing i do is go on go on google and like what did that mean mm. <laughs> what did that item mean in my dream what did um yeah so um I could go first of a recent dream I've had. Um, I had a dream that Nick and I were, it looked like we're in a big city, maybe like New York City. Um, and we're coming out of a building. Maybe it was like some party, but we're coming out of this building into an alley. It's nighttime. Ooh. And we, he and I were walking. And all of a sudden, I hear like a cat meowing. And I'm like, <gasps> do you hear that? Do you hear that? And then I look over to my right and I see a car um, looks like a big like a SUV van or type car and then I look inside peer inside and I see my cat Butters <gasps> is inside the car and I'm like how does she get in there right like I thought she's home was she Why trapped is she, she was trapped in there but then so in the dream I'm like trying to get her open the door trying to get her out and she's like meowing to me like just nonstop, um, and I don't know how, but fun, finally we, we opened the door and Butters was looking really sick. Like all of a sudden she's meowing, kind of crying, like wailing. Like, oh my she, like she's in a lot of pain. And I tell Nick in my dream, like, can you hurry, get the carrier ready to like get her to the hospital? And he, he gets me the carrier. I try to put her into the carrier, but she won't go in. Like I'm having a really hard time getting her into the carrier. And, and and as I'm struggling, I can see her health is just getting worse. Like she is gonna die if I, if I we don't take her to the hospital. So it was such an intense, vivid, stressful dream um, where I woke up um, and, I, and Nick told me that I was like whimpering in my 
like I was like crying in my sleep like oh no and I was like crying out like crying and um feeling really upset so but yeah that was just like the most intense dream I ever had and I and like the next morning I'm like look I wake up I'm like going into butters and like seeing if she's okay she's just like chill she's nothing's wrong with her um wow. yeah that was my dream do you think she could have meowed during the night and you heard it and that was like incorporated into your dream? Could be. that That's possible. Um, we have a door that kind of like close the, you know, she can't come enter the hallway to our bedroom. So mm-hmm. she's kind of out there in the living room area. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's possible that I heard her. Cause she, she's a crier for sure. Oh, <laughs> that does sound stressful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my dream. Do you think you could use that in a play? Oh, meow, meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like thinking like the, uh, the, there's something about that experience. It's, dreams are weird, right? Sometimes like you feel like you're in it. Like you're the person, like the character of their dream happening to you. Yeah. You're kind of watching yourself happen. Right. And then some, I think this one was kind of that. Where I was kind of watching myself going through this. Um, and so like a short movie, I was like, all I could think about was like capturing that thing, thinking going right where I was like, oh, I opened the door. I got her out. Oh, no, she's sick. She's dying. <laughs> like, there's a, something of this, like, element of um, something going right and then not going. It's a lot worse than I think it is. Yeah. Um, like a big second act plot twist. <laughs> yeah, plot twist. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, man, that intensity. I was like, how do I capture that intensity? Mm-hmm. Um, in such a short time. Like, I could have been sleeping and that dream might have been lasting, like, three hours. But in the moment, it felt like 10 minutes, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, it was happening so fast. Um, so time works really differently. But, um, yeah, that's what I was thinking of is something, uh, a dream of trying to, like, achieving a goal, but um, not going the way it's planned. So very general, but. <laughs> wow. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's very, like, good dramatic inspiration i think yeah and involving a cat i don't i don't think i've written a cat into any place so maybe i should try to is that true yeah you need to to play with a cat i think so yeah just the sound of the cats yeah um i had a dream i think last night so i've been stressing out about like i really want to take this class that's in the atmospheric and oceanic sciences department which is about climate change Mm-hmm. And it's an upper level class, but it says in the description that it um, is appropriate for graduate students and non-scientific majors. So like, oh, okay. um, it's okay if you don't have all the chemistry and calculus, you would need to take upper level classes, other upper level classes in that department. Mm-hmm. But I, I've been really weighing about whether I should take this and whether I will be prepared enough. And then I had this dream last night that I was like in class and we had had to do all this homework and I had done the readings, but then like for the first time ever, my teacher 
said, okay, now we're going to have a pop quiz in math. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, it was kind of like I was the age I am now in a graduate school class, but I was also kind of somehow like in seventh grade, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, it was man. like pop, I can't remember the last time I had a pop quiz. Um, and then, so I'm like, you know, it was just like, I had just had all this like anxiety, dread feelings because I hadn't done the homework for the math part. And I'm like looking at this sheet of just problem sets. But then I did have this kind of arrogance that came over me where I was like, <laughs> I can do this, <laughs> you know? And like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm smart. I can figure wow. this out. Um. Just tell us who, how, who you really are, <laughs> Sam. It was like, it was all these emotions. It was like oh my the, the anxiety and then also the kind of like overconfident feeling all just at once. He- hearing math tests, like hearing or hearing your story just gave me like triggered. <laughs> yeah. Where no joke, I in, in high school, um, Oh God, I just always fell into peer pressure all the time where a group of my friends were like, take statistic with us, right? Oh, take, no. And I'm like, oh, it's senior year. Why do I want to take statistic? You know? And like, just take, it's easy. It'll be easy. It's AP. It's statistic. Who were these people? Jerks. Um, <laughs> so I like sign up. I take the class. It's first of all, it's zero period. Okay. It's 6 a.m. 6 a.m.? It's, it's zero period. It's like right before class starts. So. What? And then so your, the, did your school start at seven? I think so. I think it was really so early. Or maybe early. it was seven a.m. class. Maybe it was seven a.m. class. I'm not exaggerating, but it was seven a.m. class, and it was really eight. Early. But it was so early for freaking math. <laughs> so I'm I I go and um like first I'm like okay I could do this you know statistics I, so far so good. The teacher he's a drummer. He's a he's a he's in a <laughs> rock band. Was, uh, he says so. Okay, this sounds like a dream. So uh, no no this is real. This is all real. And I'm like okay like he's like kind of teaching math in a way that's fun right. So yeah. First week or two I'm enjoying it, and but then like I'm now I'm getting lost. Like now we're getting like deep into statistics and I'm getting lost. And I remember getting my first like F. And, oh, man. and I looked to my friends. I was like, y'all, like, I need help. Like, I can't fail this class. And like, it's too late for me to drop out of this class. Like, y'all need to help me. You yeah, made, this is your you fault. Well, for making this. And then they all just kind of like, kind of like, they're there. Don't worry. Like, they're like, what? you'll figure it out. And then like, nobody helps me in that class and like then it got to a point where I got then I became like a little like a troublemaker in the class like well I'm failing in this class doesn't mean I'm going to be a good student so I was like (laughs) talking back at the teacher I was like why do we need to know this (laughs) you know I was such a bad student um and I I think I got like a C but but I'm kind of jealous I never took statistics I feel like I I don't even know all like gap in my education all I see is curves like the curve (laughs) this (laughs) this, this, like up and down curve like this like ah it was was the worst time of my life and I'm like this is senior year I was like I want to take easy fun classes and peer pressure yeah but yeah oh stress dreams um wow do you still have dreams about like uh-huh. like it's so funny because when I'm not in school, I have dreams about 
you know, like, oh, I have an exam for a class that I forgot to go to all semester, you know, or like I realize I still have a paper due and it's June and I have an incomplete, like I have all these stress dreams about school, but not when I'm actually in school. It's always like the years when I haven't been in school or like over the summers. Do you still have dreams like that? Um, no, because I'm not obsessed with school like you. (laughs) Oh, you're so healthy and evolved. Um, no, I don't have, I don't think I have dreams. Oh, you know what? I did, I feel like I've had dreams of teachers. Like, Mm. I kind of remember having, if they, like, teachers I didn't even think about for a really long time, um, they just kind of appear in my, a dream I have or a memory, and, um, and then I'll, like, the next day, I'm just, like, look googling them like i wonder how what they're where they are are they dead or alive (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so but yeah i've had i i i don't remember having any dreams about like being in classroom or like stressing about tests or something anything like that but um but teachers or what are the kinds of anxiety dreams you have well, definitely that cat butter's oh, yeah, dream butter. was one. Um, I've had dreams where um like I'm constantly like looking for something. Like, mm. like I I can't even describe it where maybe it's just we it could be like such a, a boring location. It could just be the neighborhood outside, but like I'm like walking around looking for something. Um and is it always the same thing or is it like you don't even know what the thing is or I don't know what the thing is. It's just I'm just looking wow. this feeling of like looking for something. Um I've dreams where like deep or Sarah. like walking around like or like nobody's around except me. You know, there's this very mm-hmm. like post apocalyptic feel where I'm just like there's nobody here but me. Um Yeah. There's like dreams like that. Um Have you ever kept a dream journal? No. I Uh had a period of time when I was at Iowa where I was keeping one, and I still have it. And it's, like, really cool to look back and see dreams that I was having when I was, like, 25. Mm. Um, And I also remember – I realized that it helped me remember them better. Oh, Um, Yeah. And and I think it – I think just writing them down made me more likely to remember the next dream, you know? Because it's like mm-hmm. once you start paying attention to them, they stick with you more. I started a journal last year for this pandemic. Like I was like, I gotta, I gotta write, record my experience of COVID nineteen. <laughs> and like I was like, right, I had this journal. I have it like right next to me, um, where I was like, like little to dos or like what I did today or um, recipes I found, and I stopped in like july 2020 june 2020 mm-hmm. um and then i just recently just kind of like grabbed it just to re- take my notes because i started therapy and then i realized i was like i love how this journal ended with me in therapy wow <laughs> like, uh, was it just, what was it like to look back at those early pandemic thoughts um like I'm looking at it and I'm just like, <laughs> like so far so good. Um, I made bread today. I learned a new recipe. Uh, and then like I said, Cortine, like here's 
that's where it started and like here's quarantine number 21 which i'm guessing is like the day and then i was like what would happen if i licked a pole right now <laughs> in public <laughs> that's, my, that's what i wrote <laughs> Who would see it? Wow. It's what so I, hard to like remember like, what that early time was like. It was it's such a weird um yeah. <laughs> it was like I was like just writing these weird things. Um I remember reading an article that said you should write down you should keep a journal, you should write down your thoughts and I was like I don't want to remember this time. <laughs> I, I, like, remember this. I would rather it just I only experience it once. Yeah. And then it but, go into oblivion. But you know, you know, like, we're going to be dreaming about this Mm -hmm. for probably many years. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, um, So you sent me this New York Times article, Did COVID Change How We Dream? And it was was a very interesting article because especially because I know since COVID – people had been reporting that they were like having vivid dreams mm-hmm. right like really crazy vivid dreams and and um this uh was this a scientist barrett um who's recording these like instances or these experiences um pointing out like 9-11 or something like this like yeah, we're all kind of going through this together, it like there's this collective thing happening. Yeah, I'm trying to record that down. And one of the things I, and then Dream was such like an interesting article, like topic that she was trying to talk about is just like um, experience and and one of the quotes I pulled or like talking about where the dreams show up or why they exist or the kind of the origin of dreams in early works um or what people thought of dreams sometimes like thought of it as like a premonition right Mm. or others are more thinking more scientifically that dreams are just this um memories working in your mind right Um, right right and i pulled this and then the thing that caught me was like stephen king who struggled he said he struggled with the conclusion of it before dreaming the ending exactly as he published it once explained that he uses dreams as a purposeful part of the creative process the way you use mirrors to look at something you couldn't see head on and so i read that and i was like i kind of wondered i don't i don't like think of dreams as like a a problem solving tool (laughs) um but i wondered if you ever felt that way if dreams i you I had this experience, this was when I was like maybe a teenager, where I had read a book when I was like 12 that I loved. But, you know, this was before you could just like find a book on the internet. And then so for years, like I'd gotten it from the library and for years I was trying to remember what this book was called. And I I literally like I, I would try to use like, I don't know whatever we had back then, like, Ask Jeeves. <laughs> like, or like I could not figure out what this book was called. And... Mm. Then one day when I was like maybe 17 or 18, like in the middle of the night, I woke up and the title of this book was like in my mind. <gasps> and I like I, like grabbed a pencil from next to my bed and like literally wrote this title. It was like I didn't even turn the light on. I just like wrote the title on the wall in pencil <laughs> and then went back to sleep. And then in the morning I woke up and I and the title was on the wall and it it was like not exactly right, but that was like 
it was close enough that when I searched it, I found found the name of the book. (gasps) Weird. Isn't that crazy? But I, I can't think of a time. I'm sure there have been times when I like, you know, was struggling with something and went to sleep and dreamed of a solution. But, Mm -hmm. but for me, it doesn't happen quite that literally. It's more like, um, I might find my way towards something in a dream, but I don't, it's not like I have the answer all laid out except that one time, but that, I don't even know if that was a dream or it was just like, somehow it came to me when I woke up in the middle of the night. Wait, so, okay. So this book that you were trying to find the title of. Yeah. Um, and then when you dreamt it, it was like, you said it was years. It was years later. What? That's I mean, I spent years trying to remember what this book, I mean, it was like, Every so often I'd be like, oh, I would really like to find that book again. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. And then like one night randomly years later, I like woke up and it was in my mind. Yeah. I wonder because wondering and like trying to remember that title, like you're, you're, when you went to sleep, mm. your brain was still working. Like it's yeah, totally working and finding that name. Oh, that is so weird. And there's so little we know about the brain. Like it's one of the remaining parts of the body that is still like the research is just so new and so young. But my really rudimentary understanding of the way the brain works is that like there are all these neurons that have connections. Mm. And when you're a child, there's this like huge, like constantly you're growing new connections and then when you go through puberty Mm -hmm. it starts and then like into your 20s it starts to kind of pare down all the connections you're not using um which is why like children have a much easier time learning new languages because they just have so many more connections in their brain but with adults like you can focus on things better like and you can really develop expertise around one particular area um because you have much stronger and deeper connections, but you don't have as many. Um, But I do kind of wonder if there's a way of, like, somehow when I was sleeping that time, like, these two neurons that hadn't talked to each other in years and years, like, finally connected (laughs) or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I thought it was so interesting in this article how I was talking about one reason people might be dreaming so much more during COVID is that they're getting more sleep. And oh, yeah, it was talking about how because people stopped, many, many people, obviously not everybody, but many people were able to stop like setting their alarms so early and were able mm-hmm. to get eight, eight hours of sleep instead of six hours of sleep. And most of your dreaming happens in the latter part of the night towards the morning. Right. And so it said when you sleep six instead of eight hours, you don't lose one-fourth of your dream life. You, lo- you lose almost half. And so – and the dreams that are the most vivid tend to happen like between six and eight hours. Right. So if you're only sleeping six hours, you're really depriving yourself of dreaming. Yeah. And this article seemed like we need to dream. We really need it, yeah. We need it. Um, oh, And another cool quote from that article was also like, one person's dreams might seem idiosyncratic and incoherent, but when you look at 
many people's dreams all affected by the same experience you could find patterns Mm -hmm. and within patterns you might find meaning and I was like thinking about I would love to like collective like what people have been dreaming during this time mm-hmm. um i mean obviously probably all stressing maybe they're all trying to save their cat <laughs> 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 um but um but i just i just kept thinking about um i guess maybe i'll get a transitioning to playwriting and yeah play. so why why do you think dreams is often used as a device in storytelling or well, I found this great mm-hmm. quote from Tony Kushner, um, which I'm going to read. Um, this is from an interview, I believe. So he said, we come to the theater and we also come to novels and even film as we come to our dreams. They guarantee The guarantee that you have when you come to a theater is that nothing is going to happen to you that will actually produce bodily harm. You won't have to do anything while you're watching the theater except maybe be bored or irritated or embarrassed, but you're not going to be hurt. Consequently, you can allow yourself to be open to a variety of experiences that if you had to experience them on the street might actually wind up in your death or dismemberment. So you're afraid of them in real life, as you probably should be, but in the theater you can come and watch them, which is one of the reasons that we dream... that. One of the reasons probably that we dream the things we dream. It can tell you things that you couldn't face knowing when you're conscious and acting in the world. Which I really love. I mean, I think I I remember reading that when I was like maybe 19 or 20 and just thinking about how true it is that when we dream, you know, you're safe in your bed, but you're also able to experience these really extreme situations or emotions or like kind of practice all these different feelings. Um, And it's the same in the theater. I mean, you're sitting there, you're, you're not putting your body on the line in any way, but you're kind of um, invested emotionally in the story that's unfolding in front of you. Oh, that's, that's such a great way to look at it about dreams yeah Um, yeah and i think about plays that incorporate dreams like okay i guess because it's the holidays rolling around um (laughs) i think about christmas carol Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean that's a very famous story but um it was like here's this horrible guy but like being he's dreaming of these like future past like what you know um those memories are kind of like revisiting them. It's like allowing to, to see truth in a way that's um, like, I don't want to say entertaining, but mm-hmm. um, but it, it there's a lot of freedom, I think, as a writer to be able to explore these themes, ideas that might be afraid to go there. But mm-hmm. if it's like in the setting of a dream, like maybe that allows to have that freedom to to go there. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. And it also makes me think of how so many little kids, when they tell a story, like 
all these crazy things happen. And then rather than explaining why any of these things happen, the kid just ends the story by saying, and then they woke up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you ever write a story like that? Or like, <laughs> and then they woke ever, up. yeah, it's like, it was all a dream. Yeah. The end, you know, yeah. um, which is, it's actually kind of an amazing device for giving yourself permission for anything to happen. And, the, and then you don't have to explain it. Mm. Like it doesn't have to make a kind of logical sense, which does kind of right. feel like being a kid because so much of the world doesn't make sense when you're a kid. And I mean, yeah. Yeah, and it does kind of feel like when you're watching a play, like you're hallucinating in some way, doesn't it? <laughs> in some way, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because like you're just sitting, because you're kind of allowing yourself, letting your mind follow this thing that's happening in front of you and you know, and investing in the stories and the, the characters and like you really feel like you're them you know like or in that world like because you're you're so invested in their whatever what's at stake emotionally um, right like you're there so um yeah such a good comparison of like that's what it feels like you're physically yeah you're not in harm in any way (laughs) you're not like um it's all just pretend it's all pretend i mean and i'm sure you've had the experience of waking up from a dream that felt so real, like mm-hmm. especially probably over the last 18 months during COVID. Like I yeah. I have had some dreams that felt so real and so terrifying. And then I can't and I can't think of specifics right now, but I remember having this feeling of waking up and like it took a good 10 to 20 minutes for me to be like, oh, it was just a dream. You know, mm-hmm. like it it, it it felt so like epic and yeah. like it, it was my whole life. And then it, actually it was just a dream. And that feeling does feel kind of akin to walking out of a really, really moving play mm-hmm. and realizing that like, actually someone just made that up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Like, someone just made that up. My brain just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> like Butters isn't dying. She's not yeah. trapped in a car. It's all um, just pretend. Yeah. Well, listeners, <laughs> love to hear of any recent dreams you might have had. Yeah, we really um, would. Or like if you've written a play that was inspired by a dream, mm-hmm. we want to hear about it. Yeah. Dreams, dreams, dreams. Um, dreams. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we'll move on to Glisten. Um, How about you start first? Okay. Well, I went to um, this big theater conference last weekend, the American Society for Theater Research, also known as ASTER, um, in San Diego, which I'd never been to before. And it was so fun just to be around all these people who do research about theater and performance studies presenting their papers. Um, That was fun. It was really fun, Sarah. (laughs) And I texted you 
on one morning, the first morning I was there because I was like walking all around San Diego trying to find a New York Times. <laughs> right. So I feel like my review of San Diego is like a little lower than my review of Aster. But um, the conference was really great. Yeah. I saw some old yeah. Iowa friends, some former guests mm. of Beckett's Babies, in fact. I saw Bella Poynton and Marina Bergenstock and had a grand time. That's awesome. So was this, so is this conference of people from all over the country or the world or? Mm -hmm. Actually there was even, yeah, some people international, but mostly people from the U.S. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, (laughs) I was like, I can't believe Sam is in San Diego because San Diego (laughs) is like, I mean, I'm sorry if you're from San Diego. Um, (laughs) Like I, I have like I have like love hate relationship with San Diego where I like love the food. I love um parts of the neighborhood that are like really fun. But man, there's like pockets of San Diego that are just the only way I could describe it is ratchet. Um <laughs> and come at me. It's fine, go ahead, come at me. I I I've lived in California long enough to say that. Um I think your yeah, I think your LA judginess is coming out. <laughs> I mean, like I lived all over. It's like, it's like, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I'll go down there once in a while, and uh, but yeah, that's where you know Comic Con happens. Oh, interesting. In I don't know if they had it. I don't think they had it this year, obviously. But that's like Comic Con. Um, yeah. Ugh. Well, I don't think I'd ever been to an academic conference before, and it was just like a whole experience. Yeah. I mean, it's in this nice hotel, and everyone's just super dorky and wants to talk about their research. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Did you talk about your research? I did, yeah. I mean, I'm just starting. Most people there are like, you know, in their later years of their PhD or Mm. are – professors but um yeah and everyone I mean one of the things that I've been learning about PhD research and academic research is that you want to get really 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 specific so when you talk to people about their research they they're focusing on something that's so specific Mm -hmm. and small like a very small focused topic Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, it's just interesting to hear, like, what what people want to spend their lives focusing on, you know. I think if I went back to school to get my PhD, I think I would – or even maybe a master's because I'm thinking I don't have a, a master's in uh, this. But I think I would go to film theory mm. and looking at food. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. Nick keeps telling me, like – so we every time we're watching the show, like the characters are like doing something, like making a drink in the kitchen. I'm like tuned in. I'm watching it, and I'm like looking at Nick. Like, I'm like, did you see that? She didn't even t- turn off the stove, or like, did you just <laughs> see that? She just like made those eggs without even seasoning it. Did you just see? I'm like so tuned in, and he's like, I would never thought about it if you did not point that out to me. I would never think about that. So I was like thinking like. Like I think you food. should get a PhD in food and film and like the ways in which people do not satisfactorily season <laughs> their meals. Or like, yeah, it's just like, um, 
yeah it just it definitely that's the one thing that'll just pull me out of a, a show or tv show or a film is when i'm like seeing their prop like the food the kitchen the restaurant mm-hmm. you know serving of the food eating of the i'm just so tuned in and i'm like watching it um this is such a good segue into your glisten yes it is uh so my glisten <laughs> is i Signed up for Discovery Plus. Yes, one of many gazillion streamers out there. But I think Discovery Plus is my thing, is my jam. Because it has Food Network, it has HGTV, it has Travel Channel, all the paranormal shows. And it's just like, why am I subscribed to anything else? Like, this is all I need. Um, And one show that I really love, and Sam knows this restaurant because... It's in Maine. It's in Maine. it's a show called Lost Kitchen is the name of this restaurant. Um, and oh my gosh, I just love it so much. Like the 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 um the chef, she's very charismatic and just like fun to watch and talk about food mm-hmm. and like the way she serves food and makes food. It's all ladies, all women. And her husband, but like all women. Just <laughs> like working at her mom. She works with her mom. Um I just love the show so much. And it just keeps making me think. I'm like, she started this restaurant um, when she moved to Maine. Like, she started as, like, she wanted, like, do family dinners. Mm-hmm. Like, just getting a group of people and, like, make them food. And I was just like, that's such a great idea to start. Like, I want to move somewhere middle of nowhere, have fa- invite people to family dinners. And, like, that's where I will start my, yes. my restaurant. Or, like, not my restaurant. I don't want to do I don't want to say restaurant. I don't want to do restaurant. But well, she started with just like a a little food truck. Or a yeah, bus. right. Yeah, um, it was a it was a uh, an airstream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she got that. I was like, oh, how much is an airstream? So I googled that. It's like seven, eight thousand dollars. Oh I'm my like, god! Okay. So maybe I'll start there. Yeah, <laughs> but like like something like seasonal, where I was like, oh, it could be in the summertime, where like the food is great, like the, the local f- produce is good, and mm-hmm. just making dinners for like eight seven to eight people i will show up wherever in the country you are doing that really come. oh yeah oh my gosh okay all right well i'll put you down for rcp <laughs> <laughs> i'll put you down um but like i feel like that's how people are starting and it's just like they're using instagram right is like that's their storefront mm-hmm. and then people who are just actually interested in what you're doing are the ones following you so I don't know. Maybe I'll do some sort of like, like um, secret dinner, <laughs> like show yeah. up first eight show up, or like I'll just I don't know. Maybe the thing you're always looking for in your dreams is like a good meal. Oh, always! <laughs> I, it's like my life's freaking. Like I'm constantly looking for that right. Like I'm constantly looking for flavors. I'm constantly looking. I'm like constantly comparing flavors and like Mm -hmm. connecting flavors. And I'm mixing flavors. And I'm like I love salt and sweet and combine like combination. Mm -hmm. I made the other day. I combined like hot sauce and jam or something. And I was like, this is brilliant. And I was like, this Mm. is so good. And oh, I'm always constantly thinking like that. But I also worked – my mom owned a restaurant. I worked in a restaurant. I know how <laughs> yeah, horrible it is. I'm like, I don't want – I don't want that, but I want a version where I could, like, enjoy. You know what I mean? So how does yeah. that look? So, yeah. Well, 
Well, I believe in you. I mean, I think you, you, yeah, you could be the next Lost Kitchen. (laughs) The Lost Kitchen. For sure. Um, Yeah, it could be outdoors and then we could like eat outside and then there's a play reading right out (laughs) immediately after to complement the flavors of the Mm -hmm, food. mm -hmm. That would be so fun. Just like bring lots of bug spray. It's going to be in Michigan. Yes. Yes. Just bring a lot of bug spray. I'll get a bunch of tiki torches. <laughs> to create this like aurora, like aura of mosquito <laughs> repellent. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. You know what to do: share, like, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends. And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com, and you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.